Diary here on Grow With The Flow, episode number three, my friends. Today we are going to talk about environment. I'm your host, Candelos, and sitting across from me, as always, the most fabulous farmer, Dan. Dan. Fabulous. Fabulous. Oh, man. Hello, everybody. I just took a fat dab. I was not ready for that. Fabulous fat dab. Oh, man. How's it going, everybody? It's been a minute. What, about a week or so? <coughs> Fuck. <coughs> Since our last recording. <coughs> Man. <coughs> this episode is on coughing. <coughs> yeah. Host That's what we're going to do. <coughs> oh, man, I think Carlos is coughing too for my fucking hit. Yeah, dude. Sheesh. Oh, man, so welcome back to Grow With The Flow, everybody. Like Carlos said, we're going to be talking about environment, environment temperature, mid, mid, mid. Airflow, you know, that mm-hmm. good stuff. Some little VPD, maybe, if we want to yeah. get too crazy. Dabble in a little sprinkle of a CO2 action <coughs> on the outside of your environment. Yeah, got some CO2 we're inducing and everything. And then... Uh, some whipped cream. Talk a little about coconut, coconut weather sensors. You know, the little sensors I've been using. Temperature and humidity, wireless through my phone. Love those things. So we'll be talking about those a little bit. What they got coming up next. Um, yeah. A little... Some exciting stuff, you yeah. know. Things are starting to lead our way into what actually is hydroponics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And get growing, get growing, baby. Yeah. So today, go in the shop. Uh, this week, we got a new guy. Carlos brought in a new guy mm-hmm. this week to relieve us a little bit. You know, it's been two guys, one grow for the last two years, pretty much. So, mm-hmm. time to get some people in here. <coughs> Doing a little training. It's always interesting. Even yeah. No matter how much you love weed, once you first uh, see flowers and in, in, <laughs> in a room that big, yeah, in a facility like them. that, yeah, yeah. I remember at the end of the day yesterday, the guy came out and was like, "That was pretty cool." What are you talking about? That was that was pretty incredible. I've never been in something like that before. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, you know, you seem to forget. You know, you get so comfortable with it, something you do every day. You just seem to forget that yeah, this you, is normal for you. This is normal for highest. us. Hold it in such a high light that then when they get there, they're afraid to touch it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, I'm ready. I'm about to do this. I'm getting into the cannabis industry. And they get there, and they're afraid to touch the plant, afraid to take anything off of it. Yeah, like three leaves you know, in 30 minutes. I'm like, dude, super you worried. get in there, man. And yeah. She likes it. You know, sometimes yeah. she likes to be treated rough. Yeah, you well. know, these, these plants are pretty <laughs> resilient. You know, you can give them quite a bit of a beating before you really break something or fuck shit up, you know, especially with defoiling and undercutting and everything. I mean... Yeah, there's going to be a little accidental uh, super cropping going on occasionally. Yeah, yeah it's funny because yeah. my wife yesterday, we were in the garden at home and we we're plucking leaves and then she snapped one branch and she's like, oh, getting pretty done here. And then a couple of minutes later, snapped another branch. She got off the ladder. She was done. You know, a couple branches she snaps. That's that's enough for her. That's, that's good, though, to have that kind of awareness to be like, no, I just need to take a break from this. Like, Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I used to do that. I used to fucking... Uh, 
grudge fuck my plants in the outdoor scene or in the greenhouse. Like, it'd just be me all by myself, dude. And <clears> after <throat> undercutting for a while, off I'm just like, rah, rah, ripping shit off. I'm like, dude, I just need to fucking step away, dude. You know, smoke the blood. Go smoke, chill out, have a little yeah. safety break. You know, that's something you got to remember, too. And anytime <clears throat> something's wrong with your garden, and if you're making a big decision in your garden, ask yourself what you're going to do now. Don't do it. Go smoke a joint, sit down, hang out, think about it, and then go back in there and reevaluate your question again and what yeah. you're going to do. Because yeah. it could be you walk in, oh my God, this is broken, something's wrong, you're going to make a rash decision really quick and you could fuck up your whole grow rather than okay take a minute breathe smoke a hit relax for a second think about it go back in okay this is not a big deal i gotta adjust my timers make sure it only stays on six hours today because the lights didn't come on and i don't want to switch up the whole lighting now they're going to be messed up so six hours and let it go for the next day you know let let it do its thing it's it might not be the biggest garden ending ending thing you know, so just right. You can't see the whole pie if you got your head down in one piece. Yeah. You know? So just uh, yeah. If you're just remember to your face with one piece. You can't see the whole pie. Chill out, smoke a bowl, reevaluate your situation, and go back in there and ask mm. yourself again what you're going to do. You know, your opinion and your ideas might really change, and might save your garden and your situation you're in. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? How can you have any meat if you don't eat your pudding? You gotta think before you act. You know, you really no do that. Especially in, in, in gardening. I mean, you know, <laughs> when we're always cutting, dude, it's like, shit, you got that plant glue? I need to fucking, yeah, you know, you might want to glue some of those back on, bro. Glue some <laughs> branches back on. That's always the kind yeah. of the running joke in there. Is but, yeah. I like to take off a lot. Carlos does it. And then when he does, I always go back and make fun of him. Oh, you're going to glue that back on, man? Uh, yeah. You took quite a bit off there, but it's, my rule of thumb is always if you think you took off too much, take off more. Yeah, you can never really take off too much unless you start pulling off flowers. Yeah, you don't want to pull but, off buds and everything, or nice buds, whatever. I like no. to pull off the lowers, the shitters, <clears throat> get rid of all that fluff and everything. But that's not what we're here to talk about today, Carlos. We could talk for days, We're bro. here to talk about environments, but before we do that, what did we do this last week? Hold what, on. Um, you busted in some of those cookies, dude? We've been drinking some White Girl Special for a while oh here. Oh my gosh, man. <sighs> Silent Manny. This guy is not silent anymore. He thinks... We're just like BFFs now. He's in love I with me. You guys are, dude. <laughs> He's in love with me, and man, he just does not shut up. You know, it's just a, it's a fun. I'm it, fucking jealous, dude. Straight up, bro. <laughs> we just go Talk back at each shit. other all day, talking shit all day. I mean, not you know? only are you cheating on me, but you're cheating on me with my fucking brother, dude. No, man. Calm down, Carlos. Calm down. <laughs> but yeah, so every morning they That's stop by. Than homosexual. Every time they stop by in the morning and pick up coffee on their way to work, and they've been getting me one recently, and they've been putting sprinkles on it, making it chocolate or caramel, blah, 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 blah. And now Manny comes in with a, what is that, a, frappe, a mocha frappuccino with with a whipped cream and, and sprinkles on top of it and everything. What I love is that as soon as you ask for sprinkles, everybody turns into a white girl. Even the dudes in the truck like, ooh, sprinkles. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to fuck you, dude, but I'll take the sprinkles So anyways. now... <laughs> So now we all drink white girl awesome drinks. Yeah, except for me. No, that's still white girl awesome. You're just isn't blended. Awesome. His is his is ice, not blended. Uh, that's the same damn thing. Uh, yeah, so I got my AC installed in my little room uh, this last week. Had a can of mechanical from Northern California in Reading. Shout out to those guys for coming out, 
doing an awesome job. You know, the boss man came out and troubleshooted some issues I had with the unit I had. It was not a u- new unit. It was used. Uh, they even let me know, hey, you know, there might be problems. This is what we're going to charge you. If there's something else, you know, that's sorry. That's not really on us. It's not our mm-hmm. system. I had no problem with that. I needed this in. I needed to go in. And sure enough, we had a little issue, and boss man came out. Eric, shout out to you, man, and he hooked it up, got it all figured out, and didn't charge me a dime extra for it. You know, it was, it was awesome. So now my room's running optimum temperature, staying cool. So now I get those HLG lights in there and hey, set a, up that next rack. What a genius company name. <clears throat> the whole right? like, segueing into the cannab- cannabis industry with tracking. Yeah. I mean, you know, Cousin Chris might want to think about something like that. You might have mentioned, hooked them up, dude. I'm just saying, dude, because I think he's starting a new uh, mechanical company, River City Mechanical or something, and... Dude, Canon Mechanical is where it's at, dude. Yeah, Canon Mechanical. Name, they, I mean, dude. I'm pretty sure they're in with all the big, big grows and everything up there. You know, they they're probably contracted with them, and good for them because they they're killing it, dude. Yeah, I always yeah. see on Instagram all the different pages and everything that they're there, pretty much saving everybody's asses. You know, uh, <clears throat> like I said last time, there was that car fire and one of the. I believe it was Ember Valley. You know, they got pretty close to the fire and Canon Mechanical and all the rest of the community. The the uh, recreational growers community came out and saved each other's yeah. ass, you know. What up to all the HVAC people out there because the cannabis industry is creating jobs for you guys. That's yeah. fucking rad. Yeah. Word. And we need them. We definitely need them. Yeah. I needed them. You know, my little AC in there wasn't cutting <laughs> it. I was expecting, my mouth was wrong, obviously, but I was expecting my little 14,000 BTU window AC was going to be enough. And so I had a little two-ton mini split put in and <clears throat> damn, the thing barely runs you know it turns off and on the other one was just non-stop going stays super regulated i love it i'm super happy with it that's cool man you made a uh, a lot of evolution in your room i mean it started yeah. out good and now it's you know i hate to use the word good because finding good puts you in a fog but <laughs> started out good and now it's great dude it just keeps getting better yeah a couple hiccups at the beginning still a couple hiccups i you know that ac right. wasn't keeping up so i couldn't get that other rack going to keep everything perpetual and on schedule I got something now for you, I'm going to get back in and set those things up. Without cutting you off and stepping all over your ending there. You just did. About your right now. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, dude, we like dags. Dude, I, okay, so those plants I took. Those left Oh, yeah, you stuffed that box full of those plants. Yeah, yeah, because we wouldn't want to go over six. We were starting to go over six, so I took those extra. Uh-huh. And... and <laughs> And I put them in, I put them in my uh, tomato garden. So I have this little Tykes race car bed where I grew tomatoes this year. And I ripped out all the tomatoes. I had the kids and the wife while we were at work rip them out. I came home, the, and so I did this whole no-till thing where I just dropped the blocks right in to where the old fucking uh, tomato the bed old root was. balls were. Yeah, nice the old tomato root balls. And everything's <laughs> doing great. Fucking, it's so you all got worms in. and everything in so there. So I got pot growing in the little Tykes, little Tykes. Red race car bed. Oh my gosh. All right, just late in the season, just an experiment, just to see if they'll take. Yeah, if you didn't know, uh, you know, this is uh, for fun. you've already started flowering outdoor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I figured they're going to go right into This is my first outdoor season, this and they've cool. already started flowering. And I know, even <clears throat> I know from Carlos telling me that pretty much middle beginning to middle of August is they're flowering. So yeah, I like to see how they turn out, dude. Being so late into flower. So you know that that's <clears throat> what brings me to another thing with the. We were talking about what to feed it for flowering during outdoor, and I think that's another reason why these guys are hitting them with Moab, just to induce flowering at the same time, because you're going to have that, that month where everything's strain variants and all that, everything's going to gradually start flowering mm-hmm. at different times. Yeah. Which is kind of, it's a kind of a trick. When does flowering season start in outdoor? There is really no date. I think the solstice is in like September or something like uh-huh. that. 
which would like definitely yeah. mean yeah because definitely like my mendo breath has started flowering beginning of august and my buenuelos <clears throat> which is kind of a more og dominant plant has just started flowering probably this week started flowering and what we i think did you we both threw mendo breaths outside and they started flowering like almost immediately this year yeah dude i flew mine out which is really weird april uh, I said it was an old mom, so I just threw it out there, and next thing you know, I was like, "What the fuck are those flowers?" Yeah, it was strange, and then it revegged and started flower again. But yeah, you can definitely tell, like the white buffaloes, they've only started flowering a little bit. When the the uh, grapefruit juice, they've already been flowering a little bit longer. So it's okay. pretty cool to see it like natural, you know, like this plant comes from here, and so it's or not, you know, n- nothing of cannabis is really natural anymore, but. The more indica or sativa dominant, depending where it's coming from, is going to start flowering and flower differently, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just pretty cool to see. Pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging it. I got some, uh, I forget the name of the company, but it's Primal Harvest uh, 0110 Powder Nutrients. You put on water and stuff like that. And those plants have been loving it, dude. I've just been doing that like every week or two. I mean, you know what? You're covering both spectrums of growing. If you're doing a little outdoor with some indoor... I mean, you're getting great reference points on mm-hmm. both on the full spectrum of growing. <laughs> yeah, and what a great way to get into environment today. But but back to my story about the dogs and the little tyke's race car bed. Within an hour of putting these plants in, Daniel, my fucking new dog Spike <laughs> was already up in that bitch because I had this blood meal like fertilizer uh, shit yeah, working dude, and I top fed it all. And my dog was it. crazy over that. Yeah, dude, dude I could oh, smell man. that shit everywhere, and I'm like, dude, no. Yeah, I just followed the trail of smell from my dog all the way back to my garden, and sure enough, he fucking. Super cropped a plant for me, like split it down the middle again. Yeah, Man, I broke some branches. About that a while ago. Like, and, you know, he's guilty <coughs> as charged because his fucking paws are just imprinted in the new Massive. soil. Yeah, that's just, hilarious. You know, like, fuck, dude, it never fails. That's funny. My dog always gets into never the fails. the outside nutrients, you know, because I got the powdered stuff like bag guano and uh-huh. what was the other one? You know, it was a powdered bag. Uh, had a lion on the face of it. Got it from the grocery store. It was a mix of everything, you know, a vegetative state. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, top feed thing and my dog went crazy dude he actually ripped the package open outside one time and started like dumped it over and was like eating it I was like dude what is wrong with you and so I <laughs> now I gotta keep that stuff in the shed all locked up and everything yeah, you know every time I mix soil he's out there like eating dirt it's like dude are you retarded <laughs> man great shit he's like a little kid eating dirt but yeah I forget I, talking about outdoor i went to my uh, parents the other day mm-hmm. and uh if you guys didn't know my stepdad he's a veteran uh, special forces veteran his back is pretty bad i mean bad and so this year is the first year we've uh, done a little outdoor garden for him dude and fucking huge i am blown away how, how, by how big his plants are man you know he put them straight into pig shit with uh goat shit you know every couple yeah. weeks he'll he says he'll take like a five gallon bucket with all the uh, alfalfa and the and the goat poop out there and everything puts it in a bucket and puts it on top of each plant you know five gallons in each one and waters them in and these plants are insane man damn they're getting way bigger than their enclosure you know they're i took a picture of them the other day standing next to him and they're four or five feet taller than him already i mean they're just huge bushes dude it's awesome it is incredible so that is awesome dude. <clears throat> got some uh cbd straight in there for him um from a buddy of mine down in santa cruz get some uh it's a django's gift mm-hmm. sorry if i'm butchering that man but it's uh, ringo's gift by horace cross with horace and so it's big old plant you know probably a 50 50 cbd but he wants to 
harvest it, take all the big buds, and just blast out the rest of it for either probably distill it, you know, because he really likes those pens for traveling and everything mm-hmm. like that. And he definitely, it's definitely helped him out a lot since we got him going on cannabis. And this is really cool to see him put this work into these plants and everything and see how big they are to come out. And I, I got mine in pots, uh, 45 or 65 gallon pots. They're not big, big of pots. And I amended my soil, you know, did all this crazy stuff to it. And his plants, dude, probably triple the size of mine. It's incredible, you know. And he put his probably two months out after mine. Mm-hmm. So next year, I'm definitely going to put mine in the ground and get a couple loads of pig shit from them this next year. Fuck yeah, pig yeah. shit. I can never have too much pig shit. Yeah, well, dude, it's crazy because like, the whole, pigs. they got this whole uh, big old area for the goats. And uh-huh. They feed them in one spot, and that's where all the shit and all the little leftover alfalfa and everything is. And so that's just gold right there, yeah, you know? It, really? I yeah, mean, so like I said, I told I was like, dude, that's mm. goat shit. It's already ready to go. You don't, It's not too hot. You don't got to compost it or anything. It's ready to go, you know? Just take that alfalfa and that and throw it on top of that. And, dude, I wish I did. Throw everything. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty cool. He's got all his pepper plants. He had to pull out his uh, cucumber because I guess a rabbit or something got in there and ate uh-huh. all his cucumbers and everything, but doing really cool and it's doing awesome seeing everything in there he's got all the vegetables and everything in there as well so and he's still taking the cbds yeah uh i don't think he actually isn't really taking the cbds i really haven't gotten much on that you know huh but really just just really just getting the cbds through the psychotropic uh flower like through smoking weed I don't know if he's getting any CBD. He's just been smoking flour and smoking the vape pens and everything. <clears throat> yeah, so we probably should be. You know? I'd, I'd like to see how much we get out of that CBD plant <clears throat> he's got and maybe uh, see if we can get that sauced out or something that we can put in a pen so he gets a nice 50-50 or something, you know, some CBD in there to help him out. But we never actually really tried straight CBD in long term, so I don't think he's ever enjoyed it even before we st- he started smoking and got into cannabis he was pretty against it and didn't want anything to do with it we gave him some chocolate bars you know told him to eat a piece of it it didn't do anything for it like you know eat a piece wait a couple hours until you do it again and no he ate the whole damn bar <laughs> and freaking freaked out because he slept too long and so uh, at, at, at the beginning he wasn't too too excited about it but now it's definitely helped him out big time and you know the whole family uh, has seen a difference by it with him using cannabis and everything and we we definitely enjoy it yeah you know so it's definitely cool to see his labor of love into these plants and what it's become now so yeah i'm pretty sure you're getting the full spectrum when when you're smoking uh psychotropic marijuana flowers i mean I'm, you're you're getting the, the cbds and the THC. Uh, yeah i mean it depends on the strain you know there's yeah. some strain there's absolutely none some strain there's very little yeah. some strain they actually bred for cbd so they have a yeah. lot of cbd there i just don't think they extract it from from uh cbd from thc laden flowers because you're gonna you're gonna have way more than 0.03 percent thc which would make it psychoactive mm-hmm. you know. yeah but, but yeah we're getting them into some cbds i'm looking for some more cbd strain to get into my little garden <laughs> yeah, i'm trying to get some more cbd so hopefully we can start bringing some more I'm, I'm actually looking for something under the federal threshold of 0.03 or 0.3 thc uh-huh. and start growing some of that out and yeah see how i like it see how he likes it you know start letting people actually try out flour and concentrate it and see what it see what it comes of you know i'd like to enjoy that yeah, my daughter swears by it dude <coughs> 11 yeah. 11 years old almost turning 12 On has CBD. a borderline autoimmune deficiency uh still a little grayer with the celiac thing i'm not i don't want to call her a celiac because i'm not sure if i'm on that 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 diagnosed that with that diagnosis and that labeling but 
Dude, the doctor asked her, um, do you, would you say it makes you feel 25% better? And she, she said, it makes me feel 50% better. Um, and this is coming from an 11 year old who like, you normally would have to remind her to take her medicine. Mm-hmm. She's reminding us, you know, <coughs> yeah. like we're asking, did you take your CBDs this morning? Yeah. And she, she just started forgets. these too. So, you know, it's not something uh-huh. that was, uh, I mean, I'm sure the benefits have just started, you know, yeah. I'm sure the more you take them, the longer you take them, the more your body's going to react with it. Cause I've, I think I heard something the other day that when you start taking CBD, say you take 20 mill- milligrams, your body, since it hasn't had CBD basically its whole life from that cannabis or anything like that that your body's not used to it so it can't absorb it just like smoking pot Mm -hmm. your first time you're not exactly getting high you know a lot of people are just like what am i doing this is stupid i'm not getting high and the next couple times oh shit i am lit she's she's putting it straight under her tongue i mean the words Mm -hmm. probably taste the worst you know it's very bitter so the longer you take it i believe the the more it's going to absorb into her body and Mm -hmm. be more helpful and everything you know so that's that's really cool that's awesome it's pretty cool to to not only see it, but to to hear it, to hear her actually testify and yeah, and actually say yes, Dad. It instead helps. of I don't know, a kid's he's like ah, I don't know. Yeah, just kind of whatever. Don't really want to answer the questions cool. directly, you yeah. know. But yeah. that's good. That's awesome. So. That's really cool. Um, Before we go any farther, dude, we gotta smoke on something. Yep. I need to get a little I'm, I'm ahead of you, bro. I've been eating on your snickerdoodle <laughs> over here. Hell yeah! And can you tell us a little about a little bit about this uh, snickerdoodle action oh, that I'm chewing on shit. here? Okay, so I've been taking our fine trim. So when we're done trimming uh, up all our cannabis here, we shake it through an actual an air pot. Works really good to shake off all your little fine trim, any shit that's left on your bud, and any small buds. You know, they pop out the bottom, go into a bucket. And we take that. Carlos likes to take a little buds, buds out of it for himself. A little, My little popcorn nugs. Yeah, little popcorn nugs and everything. And so Makes the movie's better. <laughs> <laughs> so he True. takes those, and so we take the shake. And usually we don't really send that out to the extractor just because it's, it's a big mix-up of all the strains, and it's more keef than anything. And, hell, we can use it for ourselves, you know. We can... That's something where we can put we like straight. Too, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's something you can put straight into joints. Lots it's not like it. no fan leaf or anything. You know, it's just straight sugar leaf, small buds, and keef. You know, so it's perfect for joints and everything like that. And so I like to use it for edibles. So I took a fucking half pound of that and put it in what two less than two liters of coconut oil. <laughs> put Manny on the floor with one ginger snap. <laughs> yeah, so half a cup of this stuff makes about twenty-four cookies, and one of them, one cookie. Even puts me pretty much to bed. <laughs> so this stuff's pretty strong. I'm pretty excited about it. Everybody seems to get knocked the fuck out with them. Yeah. So they make sure to time time their eating them wisely, you know, so they don't... Because last time, Manny took one in the morning, and he was passed yeah. out on the freaking floor laying down. Yeah, how perfect. They let me know one's enough. Just relax. Yeah. But he's know. been sitting over here nibbling on the whole bag. The whole bag's almost gone, dude. You got half a cookie left in there. They're fucking good, bro. Oh, you're going to be feeling that on the way really home, good, man. man. Yeah, they're really good, but damn, are they strong. I definitely like the coconut oil because they don't they don't taste as much like cannabis to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, it tastes like coconut oil, really. You know, you don't get that buttery super cannabisy flavor i'm gonna try something else too the recipe dude i'm gonna really, actually they're good i'm gonna try something else uh, maria my wife got me a bunch of uh i think almost three gallons of coconut oil mm-hmm. from uh, grocery outlet the other day hey if you guys ever need coconut oil go to grocery outlet in the organic section they got freaking tubs of that shit for like seven to nine dollars it's way cheaper than any other store you go to grocery outlet check them out and so 
she got me a bunch of that, and I'm going to try something out. I heard them on the uh, Grow Green podcast. Uh, one of the guys, he's, he makes uh, coconut oil, and he actually boils his uh, cannabis before he as, as a decarboxylation rather than put in the oven. But what it also does is takes out all the chlorophyll. So when he dumps out the water, it's dumping out more chlorophyll. So you don't get so much of that heavy, like, You don't taste flavor. it, yeah. And so because when you taste all the edibles and stuff like that, that's all the – when you taste the cannabis, that's usually because of the chlorophyll. Not so much THC because, like, if you taste distill it, it doesn't have really a taste. You don't taste it in the edibles or anything. It's just straight THC, basically. But when you're making edibles with trim or bud or anything, it's usually that chlorophyll flavor you're getting in there. So he boils it for 20, 25 minutes, and then he'll cook the the oil with and the it. the THC is trapped inside the flower still yeah, because, because it's no not water-soluble. It. Yeah, so it stays with the bud, and then he puts the it in with the oil. And then he also puts water in with this oil, too. I usually put the oil with my uh, – or put water with my butter, you know, so it filters out the water and everything uh-huh. in there. So I, But I didn't try it with the coconut oil just because it's more – it's, it's a thinner oil, you know. It doesn't harden up as much. That root, it's at room temperature. It almost stays. I mean, it does harden up, but uh, I don't know. I just didn't put water in it. So this time I'm going to boil it, and then I'm actually going to put some water in with the oil to uh, get some of that more more of the chlorophyll out. So it's more of a golden color than a green color. So it'll be interesting. It should be pretty potent. Of course, always is. But let's smoke something, yeah, man. Let's smoke. What are we waiting on? I'm going to get some. Uh, While you're doing that, just throwing a shout out to that new show, Cooking on High. On Netflix, since we're talking about cooking with weed. Oh, yeah. You know, the more I guess. Or where, what's out there, guys? Watch it. Let them know what you think so they can produce more material. Who? Have you seen it? Cooking on High? It's on Netflix. No, actually, I haven't. It's, it's, it's cool. Got like an urban vibe, sitting in the small kitchen, chilling, you know, making Sammies and like just stoner food. Yeah. I really haven't seen too much of it. I wasn't really sure how it's going to translate, but <clears throat> I'm actually kind of weird about those like cannabis shows on Netflix and everything. Me too. There was one with Kathy Bates that's out right now, like yeah, about a dispensary. Yeah, my my stepdad always asked me if I watched it. I'm like, no, I really don't like watching those because it kind of puts a bad bad stigma on a lot of us. What's interesting though is Chuck Lorre is the writer, and I guess he's a really famous writer. I, I can't really recall. He sounds really online, familiar, but he's like huge sitcom writer and so he just you know he's already smelling like well this is this is where you where everything's going yeah. like so it was cool even if it's a failed venture it's it's a what do you call it it's like a martyr or a, it's the first of his kind yeah definitely all right so i'm gonna take a hit my uh little banger is cooling down here a little bit some garanimals by super glue um by dutch truck dutch crunch extracts Sent him some of our stuff. He mixed up some super glue and some granules. Damn, it came out awesome. We got some crumble and we got some diamonds. I'm going to be hitting the diamonds. Carlos is going to be hitting the crumble. I mean, it's this, this crumble or this diamonds. It's like a like sandy. I'd call it like sugar diamonds. You know, like it falls apart like wet sand. I got to hit this where it gets too cool. The granules though, it's fucking sweet. It almost looks like an incredible Hulk kind of a weed. <coughs> You know, it's got it's got its purple pants on, and it turned all green. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely. It ripped through its colors, colors. out like <laughs> it's really like buff. Week six and like week it. seven, that thing will start coloring out. You know, it's, it's it'll be real. purple by week six or week seven. You know, not. And so it it's an awesome bud. You know, I, I like it, but to me, it's just not a very strong plant. I mean, the bud yeah, is the, strong, but the, the plant in the general veg- is not veg- strong. Can- 
yeah, the definitely. actual like veg of the plant is like just so it's a loosey goosey, huh? Yeah, just something about it. I don't know, man. It's like we were saying, you know, those moms look a little tardy. Yeah, so I mean, you got to keep an eye on your cuts where you get them from. So ever since we got the cut, it was kind of weird, and it just kind of progressed to get more mm-hmm. and more. Yeah, sections of the plant were just really weird. Downy. So Carlos going to take a dab of some of that crumble. I like that stuff. But yeah, but back to this. See, diamonds to me, they don't have a whole lot of flavor to them. But you know, with the the, the, the sugary sauce here or the sugary diamonds, you know, it's got some of that terp sauce and everything in it still, and so it definitely gives it a little bit of flavor and everything to it. Uh, we've already gone over the super glue, so we're going to go over more of the. Um, the granules and granules, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, granules is a Ooh. great pie by Animal Cookies. Fucking lemon nutmeg with a cinnamon oh. twist. Oh, wow, that was fucking awesome. Oh shit, salad man. I just ate a snickerdoodle, so <coughs> I just threw something down my palate that you know <coughs> wasn't meant for human consumption. Man, oh, but great pie, grape stomper by Cherry aliens. Pie. And uh, Animal Cookies is Girl Scout Cookies by Fire OG. So those two mixed up makes a uh, granules <coughs> and mixing out of the super glue in the in the concentrates really gives it a nice beautiful. I love it. Flavor dude. and a nice high, you know, because the super glue really knocks you down, but that granules kind of keeps you keeps you level. Until the little granule starts trying to crawl out of your belly and rip and claw out your chest. <laughs> And we'll, well see. That was weird. I'm pretty sure it's gonna get me high. Oh, what do you got in today's news, Carlos? Ah, in general, uh, really. Uh, well, what United we got States. is Monsanto's getting their ass sued. That's what's happening. A janitor sued Roundup. Left field. He just won two hundred eighty-nine million dollars. Too much. Too much. So it's starting. Uh, he's, he's claiming that Roundup. <coughs> but, <coughs> The catch is that he's only going to get twenty of that two hundred eighty-nine million. You really think so? Yeah, at at the most, man. At the fucking most, you know, because of the new law for like uh, lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, there's a huge tax on that now. And so with basically, all the legal deals, it's going back to the government, fees, back into Monsanto. That's where the conspiracy might lie. That sucks. Well, interesting though, because um, you know, I don't think anything can get done without there being some tax revenue attached to it, mm-hmm. just like the cannabis industry. Yeah. Um, oops, that was my timer for you guys. Good good catch, guys. You guys lock the doors? Turn All the lights right. off? The lights go off by themselves. The, the hallway light? We'll get it. No biggie. But, <coughs> uh, so let's, we're working this in reverse on the news. Guys, welcome Silent Manny and uh, Flo Freddy, Freddy Flo. Freddie Flo. Freddie Flo. Freddie Flo's here. Um, So, talking about lawsuits, working our way back from the Monsanto lawsuit up the ladder, uh, Trump is calling on the Justice Department to sue opioid opioid companies. Yeah, I've actually heard that they want to push more for cannabis farms and less opioid opioid Mm -hmm. farms this coming year. And so, I came across a really good article. Um, Let's see, here it is. <laughs> Anyways, there was an article about how uh, cannabis is helping rural America, and for the most part, 
You know, uh, it's really helping with opioid addicts, people weaning people off of opioids. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's always been said to be a gateway drug, it's really been helping people get off of it. And I I know that that's big in Northern California. And when I first moved back to Northern California from LA, there was tons of tweakers, bro. And all the tweakers were because they couldn't get any any more of their oxycotton. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of people do that. They go from heroin to coke to whatever it is, and they go town to town to get a new doctor. You so know, they're just freaking homeless going because they can't get their fucking pharmaceuticals because they became too expensive, or the doctors can't give them out anymore. Anyways, smoke weed, guys. <laughs> smoke weed every you day. Know, it'll keep you off the bad shit. Um, the other thing is, it's adding more jobs. Uh, as we spoke to you earlier in the in the in the segment, um, I mean. Let's see what else is it doing. It's helping the economy, you know, not only the state, but eventually it should help the federal economy mm-hmm. once we can figure out how to uh, unify all these states. Yeah. And cannabis is unifying us in general, I think. You know, a lot of industries, like we talked about the HVAC, you know, like, wow. Yeah, a lot of different industries are coming together to make cannabis industries you know? come together. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be a wave. The wave's already coming. It's, we're just waiting for the flood now. That's pretty interesting. But uh, if you want to find any other uh, U.S. cannabis news, there's a great website called The Cannabis. cannabis Cannabis.com. Nice. Nice. Pretty chill. Nice. It's got a little quiz for you, Carlos. Hit me. Hit me where it hurts. Are you ready? Yeah. What was the first state to decriminalize cannabis? The first state. Was it Maine, California, Alaska, or Oregon? Alaska. Eight wrong. It was actually Oregon in 1973. Oregon, Can you believe Oregon. that? And check it out. Same year as Oregon decriminalized cannabis, Texas decriminalized can- cannabis to anything o- under four ounces is a misdemeanor. I know that we reinstilled the death penalty in 1976. Oh, I didn't look that up. I was watching a Netflix. So they probably tossed that. offset the fucking. Texas probably tossed that 1973 ruling out, and when that came out, I was gonna roll the dice on Oregon and I fucking Alaska. You got one for me? Yeah, I do. Okay, this one's cool. Uh, If hydroponics is growing plants without soil, then growing plants with soil is a aquaponics, b geoponics, c aeroponics, or d. None of the above. None of the above. It's grown in soil. Dan! <clears throat> geoponics. What the hell's geoponics, man? Educate me. We're growing it with, like, the earth. <laughs> Geology. Oh. Geography. Geo. Geo. Yeah. Geo gotcha. Yeah. All right. I knew you knew. I knew you would know it wasn't aquaponics, and I knew you would know it wasn't aeroponics. And I just I didn't, didn't know what there geoponics wasn't was. another clever ponics to put in there without like terraponics, and I thought terraponics would. I hope that's right. Too though. much like ger- geoponics. I looked it up. <laughs> Thank okay. you to the All internet. Right. Yeah. All um, right, guys. So we're going to get into our grow talk today. We're going to talk about environment and why environment is key. Uh, we talked about pH and why pH is key. We're going to get into environment and why <clears throat> that's pretty much your next success in your grow room or your grow tent. Um, temperature and humidity are a major thing for plant stress, uh, plant pathogens, any kind of mold, mildews, anything like that. <clears throat> so when you have large swings and your temperature and humidities, you're opening up the doors for all kinds of crap. Molds, uh, what's that, botrytis, powdery mildew, 
all that good shit. And so basically, think about it like this. When you have your hands together, it, it, they start to create moisture in between your hands. And that's exactly what's happening to those leaves <clears throat> when they're not getting airflow or the right temperature or humidity running through those leaves. And right there, that can cause any kind of mold. Powdery mildew, botrytis, everything. You know, the botrytis is usually inside the bud. And that's because there's no air, not enough airflow, bad humidity. You're, it's it's bud rot. You know, you're 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 fucking shit up. So we're here to help you figure out what you need your room to be, your grow tent, whatever you're in. You know, the optimum temperatures and everything for LEDs. Uh, you're going to want to be hotter, um, uh, high 70s, yeah. mid 80s, maybe or whatever. But uh, HPS, depending on how far away your light is, three to four feet. You're going to be want to be in the <clears throat> mid to high 70s. We run ours about 78 from veg to about week four to five, and just kind of start bumping it down as we get into week eight and week nine for harvest. And that's just to get a nice finish, <coughs> night, get, get that color on it. Yeah, you know, we could we could we could roll the way it is. If, mm-hmm. if, you know, yeah, you, you can stay at 77, 75 all the way through. And, and these are degrees, just little tricks that we've temperature learned. wise, and and you're gonna even with the nutrients, you're still gonna be able to get some fade in there and everything by cutting those back, but you're not gonna get that optimum perfection. I mean, I, in my opinion, I think even the colder temperatures dense up the buds. Yeah, we, we <coughs> give you better terpenes and trichomes and everything like that. And so, in my opinion, better always to leave it lower it out throughout the week. But if you're running a perpetual, you know, you got one plant in there week one, one plant week five, one plant in there week eight. Try to keep it at a 70, 70, or nowhere under really 75 would probably be best. Yeah, it's like a mock <coughs> simulation of the, of the outdoor season. Yeah. You know, but with way more control. Yeah, 85 probably too high. For whatever, depending on what humidity you're running, and anything really under 70, that's just too cold for veg. Even, even in my opinion, probably for late flower, I probably wouldn't try to go that low. Um, optimum temperature, like I said, again, 75 to 78 in a grow tent, uh, grow room. <clears throat> you can mess with it however you like to. You know, you can figure those things out on your own. Um, okay, I want to do this temperature and this humidity. Check it out. But again, the temperature and humidity have a lot to do with each other. Um, you, mm-hmm. you don't want your humidity be, to be too high because, again, you can have a cold room and high humidity, and that's, bam, open it up all kinds of doors for pathogens and molds and everything. And yeah. you can have a super hot room, <clears throat> no humidity, and you're not going to get any pathogens and molds, but sure as hell probably going to open some doors up for some bugs that like that dry, hot weather, and your buds are, your, your plants are not going to be happy. You're not going to get alt- optimum growth out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, for me... I love my coconut sensor, my weather sensor. Um, I got four of them for my rooms. You know, keep keep uh, temperatures mm-hmm. on each end of the room and everything like that. Love them. Uh, if you guys want to check them out, go to coconut.com. Uh, you, on, uh, on your checkout, put in como, promo code FLOW. That's P-H-L-O-W. Get 10% off uh, any of your purchases there. So shout out to you guys for hooking us up with that. <clears throat> but for me, I like it because it that tells me. Joe Rogan of you. Nice one. I don't even know who that guy (laughs) is. It tells me wherever I am, whenever I want, what the room temperature and humidity is for me. So it's through my phone. It's an app on your phone. You you hook up the the coconut. It comes with a little USB and a uh, power source. You plug into the wall, and literally, dude, you just friggin' type in the code into your phone, and it finds Wi-Fi, and then bam, you're already set up. Does that does that control your lights too? No, it's just for temperature and humidity. Okay. But they will be having a new um, 
they're they're working on a new device. It's a W1, which is a battery powered version with a uh, waterproof temperature accessory. So I'm thinking that's a. Is that, I think that's just key in emergency situations. You know, light has a lot to do with your temperature. You know, yeah. Something goes so what I do is down. I got one. I got one. Uh, uh, sensor in my canopy, like uh-huh. about eight inches below the light, and then I got one sensor on the other end of the room where it's just got normal airflow, not all ty- kinds of light and, and and heat coming right to it. So I can kind of track the VPDs in there. Okay, it's hot over here, cool over here. Let's get the temperatures kind of in the airflow so that everything's the same. And so that's what I do. Put them at different areas. That's why I got two per room, so I know what's going on throughout the whole thing. You know, for that, to keep that airflow of one in the room high humidity and the other one's low, then I got to fix something here to get some more airflow going. But if I got too much airflow, then I'm going to start giving wind, uh, causing wind burn on the plants and other kind of problems because I got just too much airflow, you know. And not enough humidity. Yeah. So there's definitely a uh, <laughs> definitely want to. I'd say for humidity, if you're beginning, sixty sixty percent humidity will pretty much keep you away from any kind of molds, pathogens, and uh, yeah. keep you safe at night for any kind of dew points in case you get cold. It, get, it gets cold in your rooms. That 60% is going to keep it pretty steady and everything. So, uh, And that that's good for veg as well. I mean, that's pretty consistent all the way up until the very end. Yeah, we'll see. If Think about nature. See, we're, nature. we're running a yeah. fast pace grow here, so our temperatures usually pretty much stay the same. Unless they get into end of flowering, you no, know, yeah. we usually run seventy-seven to seventy-eight <clears throat> degrees. And honestly, in veg, plants like warmer temperatures, yeah. so we can probably m- run much warmer temperatures. We we just don't. And I think the most important step in taking environment serious is actually in nature. And the first way to do that is checking the fucking weather every day, bro. Seeing what the weather is going to be outside. And the humidity, and, and it really plays a part into your grow environment. Yeah, especially if you have a smaller room. Every time you open that door, boom, you're just letting all kinds of you environment know. back in there. Different air temperatures, different air humidity. So you're completely messing up your whole VPD and the environment in your room mm-hmm. as soon as you crack a door open. So you always got to remember that. that your ACs are going to be working harder in the heat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You name it. Even just you being inside you know. there, you're you're, ca- you're creating uh, humidity. You're creating CO two. You're creating temp or yeah. heat and temperature. You Your know, lights so. are creating heat. But even just adding you to the room is going to cause a difference in in all that stuff. So you always got to remember that you want to always want to. I'd say keep it as steady as you can. Keep don't ever yeah. nighttime. Try to keep it at sixty. Don't you don't want it to be because nighttime the lights go off, the heat's basically gone immediately and so the acs are still usually going until they cut off from that heat and your 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 dew point rises i believe your and dew so point definitely rises. yeah your dew point rises and so unless that humidif- uh, dehumidifiers are keeping up you're going to cause dew in there and, and that's yeah and that's where you're going to start getting powdery mildew and molds we'll be honest man every once in a while our ac will go out shit will hit the fan somebody's not here and we'll come in we'll find some powdery mildew here and there and we, we do what we can to alleviate it but man even some of the best places i mean fuck up and you got problems yeah and that's the complicated <laughs> version of why it's important and the the simple version is is, is if it's hot outside it's, it could be really hot inside yeah. if it's cold outside it could be really cold inside you know and you just need to verify that whether yeah. you have that cattywampus uh, app that that uh <laughs> <laughs> I just what it's called, that daniel has or not you need to know 
Yeah. You know, and you need to know how to control that. And that's what's nice, too. It, it, it The coconut sensor on the app, it tracks your daily uh, temperature and humidity as a graph, you know, throughout the whole day. So any kind of spikes or, or anything like that, you will see. You'll know yeah. and be like, okay, at 3 o'clock when my lights are going off, I'm getting a huge spike in humidity. I need to fix this. I need to figure out what's going on so I'm not getting bad dew points and causing mold and pathogens in my room. You know, so those are always little tips and tricks right there to help you out with your 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 room your room environment there. But again, on airflow, you want to get some fans in there, or even if you just have a circulation fan, you know, like a can fan or something like that to keep the thing just the the ambient air in the room flowing. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be directly fans blowing on the plants. Um, in, in my little setup, I try not to do that. I kind of just have uh, can fans here and there and kind of just keep the whole room moving rather than blowing on the fans, causing wind burn or anything like that yeah. or too much flow. So you gotta, you're, you're going to figure yeah. out your, your airflow and your and temp and humidity, what really works for you. And your best judge of that is get in your room and, and you know, stand in every corner of the room. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to feel the flow. You'll feel dead zones. Yeah. You'll you know? feel, you'll walk around, I mean, oh, this is a hot spot. Oh, this is, I feel super humid right here. And you'll know that I need some more airflow over here. Uh, I need to get a dehumidifier over here maybe uh, on this corner of the room. Or, you know, maybe you're underrated on your dehumidifiers yeah. and you need to get another one or something. Uh, maybe your AC is wasn't powerful enough not enough btus for all your lights and everything you got going on there's a lot of different factors that roll into that yeah. that you really got to keep an eye on what your that that factor into your environment mm-hmm. and again environment is key so i would say a good 75 to 78 degrees hps or uh cmh or metal highlight or anything like that and 78 to 82 um uh, with with any kind of LED, and I I, I would really say probably sixty percent humidity and about sixty five percent humidity with LEDs, just because <clears throat> they're not as hot and so they don't burn off as much. So, which is another big big factor. If yeah. you're using LEDs, it's a yeah. whole different ballgame. Less energy for my AC, less mm-hmm. energy for the lights, less energy for my dehumidifier. Trying to keep up, you know. But during the winter, you're going to have to add more heat. Possibly. Hey, well, depending on how cold your outdoor environment gets, we'll, we'll cross I mean, that bridge when we to, get to it. <laughs> and these are, you know, yeah, you're yeah, totally right, though. We're definitely going to building that bridge now. Yeah. And so, to keep uh, a couple tips to keep humidity down in your room. Um, if you're running a tent, try to keep whatever room it is in as low humidity as you can, and just kind of blow the air in and out of the tent. You know, with those little in uh, inline fans. With the ducting, you know, most tents have those little ducting flaps and everything mm-hmm. on them to hook it right up and everything. Um, cover your reservoirs if they're in the in the rooms. Probably put a cover over them uh, if your dehumidifiers really can't keep up. Always try to keep the doors closed as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm not gonna lie, I kind of problem problem with that. Pull the hose out. Yeah, and I'm, walk away, and you know, you know, I put the hose away before I close the door when I should be closing the door before I put the hose away. And being frank, we don't have our reservoirs covered. Yo, who's Frank? And we probably should. Who's it's Frank? Fr- it's uh, Freddie. <laughs> it's Freddie Flo. Freddie Flo. And uh, yeah, our reservoirs aren't covered. And there was another thing I just stoned Blanked brain on. on. But yeah, uh, another good thing on environment is bugs as well. Um, those humidity and temperature swings and everything those are perfect breeding grounds for bugs mites aphids thrips all kinds of crap you know so crisps bloods <laughs> those, those uh those those things can definitely 
th those environment breaks can definitely cause more than just bolt molds and mildews pathogens. They can also cause bugs, pests, and everything like that as well. Mm -hmm. So I'd yeah. recommend also keeping yeah. outside the outside your tent or outside your room or outside your warehouse clean as well. You know, yeah. if you're just in a large warehouse. Spray some bug spray around the warehouse, you know, clean up your actual warehouse, keep it clean and everything like that. We're actually doing some late summer cleaning this week, hopefully, and ours, so, you know, keep all the, the <coughs> bugs and everything out of there as well. Speaking of what you're saying now, I think <coughs> what you said in the beginning and about just, you know, keeping the doors closed and keeping things vented uh, is if if your environment gets off, it will attract these pathogens and attract these insects. Absolutely, that's they will they will sense the stress. They will know it's a good environment for them to to feed. Yeah, because weak plants, powdery uh, mildew is actually nature's decomposer. Boom. And so, if your plant's got powdery mildew like a motherfucker on it, then your that strain or that plant is showing signs of weakness, and basically attracting natural decomposers decomposters. Whatever, how the hell do you want to say it? Yeah. To to that plant to take care of it, basically. I mean, we've seen sometimes where <coughs> one plant will be covered in powdery mildew, and the other plants around it won't have yeah. a single bit of powdery mildew on it, and it's because something with that plant was wrong, and nature was taking yeah. its course, even in an indoor environment. Mm-hmm. It'll just it just has that it carried that pathogen with it, and if the and if the environment gets to the optimal levels for that pathogen boom it's going to hit your whole garden yeah yeah so definitely so. like i said keep the inside of your rooms clean keep the outside of your rooms clean have good optimum uh sufficient airflow like like of course you know you don't want to be stuck in a hot <coughs> cold or hot or cold or humid and dry room with with no airflow you know think what what you're yeah. comfortable in is probably what the f the plants comfortable in. I mean, what? they probably want it warmer than you and everything, <clears throat> but they they want some airflow. They want to be happy. They want to yeah. feel that fan here and there. Yeah, they don't give a fuck if it's a garage, a shed, a fucking cardboard box. That environment needs to simulate the most optimal outdoor environment you could possibly think of. Yeah, you you really inside a room. You want to let's let's go to Hawaii. Create nature as much as you can. And that's another thing too. There's there's a VPD chart, and I've been talking to somebody about this. Um, hopefully, talk more about him tonight with it. Uh, he runs his HPS rooms at 82 degrees and 75 percent humidity, it's and that to me like blows my mind. But like the VPDs, environment indoors. exactly, the VPDs are perfect. So with that temperature and humidity, no bugs or anything really that want to really breed or. But as long as you there. don't have those pathogens, yeah. As long as you don't have anything in there with, to begin with, you should, in, you yeah. Should, you know, those VPDs should be perfect for natural plant that they love. And dude, this guy gets like four pounds off of one plant off of one light. You know, he was like last year's grow off champion or whatever like that, fucking Jiggity Jerome. So I'm going to talk with him a little bit uh, tonight. I think give them a call on their show, uh, Hydroponic My Chef. Brother, yeah, I don't know the dude at all. Give him a call. Uh, understand VPDs a little more. You know, understand why, why that does not cause pathogens or molds, and why does that not cause pests and everything like that. You know, it's kind of strange that that high temperature and that high humidity won't cause any kind of things, any any pathogens like that. But I just like to talk to him That's a little bit, though, figure out could, some more, because yeah. I strains all these variables. We read the charts, so we understand that yeah, we should be running higher humidity and everything, but it's just it scares us. Like honestly, it scares me. So I like to run at sixty percent or lower, you know, if I can, just to make sure that any anything like that is not going to be in that room. 
Hmm. Who's smoking his weed? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's my first question. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, more props to him. That's cool. Shit. I don't know how you do that at those high humidity levels without some serious uh, Eagle 20 or something like that, <laughs> which, you know, we're not about. So, you know, we, we try to, we you know, we sacrifice a little qua- uh, quantity for for a lot of quality. But we're still, we're still there. We're still, we're still old school hitting almost three pounds of light on a reg. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so, did you talk about lights? Really? But just, uh, just kind of skimmed over that a little bit? No, just I mean, kind of environment. Um, we went over, you know, if you're running LEDs, you're going to want to run warmer temperatures and, and, and higher humidity than, than HPS. I mean, I guess, you know, the light really correlates with the size of your environment, too. You know, you don't want too much light and, and too much space. Yeah, you don't space. want, in my opinion, you don't want a 1,000-watt you know, HPS in a six, or in a 4x4 four four tent. Yeah, depending on how much heat your light gives off, depends on how close you want to hang that to yeah. your canopy and stuff. I wouldn't even put, like, a 600-watt you know. LED in a tent like that, you know. That's just that's just too much light. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, uh, uh, again, keep uh, make sure your temperature is right. Mid seventies, low eighties, uh, good humidity. I'd say sixty percent, a little lower, but I really, anything over that, in my opinion, for now, you know, our, our opinions always change. We're always learning. We're always we're always sharing as well. So, good humidity, good airflow. Try to c- uh, create a natural environment on the inside. You know, whatever. Which brings me to CO two. Huh? Did you want to talk about CO two today? Just go ahead and talk about I mean, CO2, Carlos. Outside, it's normally around 330 parts per million. I believe so, yeah. So Inside if you're running, running a about, sealed room, yeah, you really need to consider that. If you're going to... You yeah, so if you're a sealed room, you're going to be sucking out CO2 like no other. So you're going to have to induce CO2 if you're running in a sealed room um, mm-hmm. just to keep everything basically going or you're going to get some pretty fluffy looking stuff. I don't even yeah. know how that would turn out in a sealed room completely, <clears throat> no CO2 at all. Which, you know, we're not professionals by any means, but we're experienced enough to know that we can mock our CO2 levels and play with them, create our own CO2 environment, and then taper that down, <clears throat> just like the natural environment. You know? Yeah, so if you guys are running a little room or something like that and haven't tried CO2, we'll give it a try. You know, see if you guys like it, see if yeah. it gives you better yields or better results. Uh, in my opinion, it kind of really denses up that, that bud a little more throughout throughout early flowering, mid early and mid-flowering. A real, uh, a real simple ratio that we use is, is the more newts, the more CO2, the higher the, the higher the ppm of the reservoir, the higher the ppm of the CO2 in the room needs to be. You know, as we lower the reservoir, we lower the CO2 levels. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of more, the more the plant eats, the more CO2 mm-hmm. it's going to need as well. I guess to, to, to hone in on a little bit more, it's like kind of with the nit- we correlate it with the nitrogen a little bit. Yeah, so CO2 and uptake of feeding and everything all kind of intertwangles with themselves. Uh, we'll go over that in another show, I think. That, mm-hmm. That's probably a pretty good show to talk about CO2 and how it works yeah. with plants and everything. Um, it's so, always an important part of the environment that yeah. you know you can't forget. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of these people, mo- most out there, are just running straight in a tent or whatever. You know, probably not. Or but they a, might. That's where they're going to be like, "What happened?" It's like, well, that's why your plant didn't look like Joe's plant because Joe used CO two and you didn't. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll go over that in another show. You know, that's probably a whole show in itself right there in CO two and how it reacts oh, with plants and 
whole work. So, uh, yeah, go you guys go get one of those sensors, man. Uh, it's really awesome. App show. on your phone, you know, just at coconut.com. That's K-O-K-O-N-A-U-T.com. Uh, 10% off coupon code is P-H-L-O-W. Um, they're having a sale right now on their sensors, uh, the V1, I believe it is. And pretty soon they're going to be having that W1, which is uh, adding VPD to it. It's a battery-powered version. Uh, it's got the waterproof temp sensor on it or a temp accessory on it. So it should be pretty cool. A little upgrade and everything. I, I might be getting a couple of those as well when the, when they come out. So, yeah, check them out, coconut.com. Coupon code FLOW for 10% off, P-H-L-O-W. GrowthTechnology.com. It's got a real, real good page on environment. Breaks nice. it down into four simple things. Cool. So, and we talked about them. Yeah, if you guys haven't ever checked it out too, it's a little, it's it's a real beginner kind of website, grow e- growweedeasy.com. But it's got a really good, quite a bit of good pictures, uh, a lot of good info and everything. Even we sometimes take off info off of that and then go off of that to other other research and everything as well. But it's a really good starting point for us, and it's probably a really good starting point for all of you out there, uh, growweedeasy.com. You know, it's, it's pretty pretty interesting uh, website, definitely pretty good for beginners. When I like to think of environment, I like to think of where plants grow best in the world, places like Hawaii, you know, tropical environments, the Amazon. I mean, it's also going to be depending on the strain as well, you know, if you get a, a like something that's bred from Afghanistan, yeah, it's, it's going to be different. They're going to want cooler it's weather, gonna, less, think, probably less... Talking about the time. Hindu Kush regions, yeah, yeah. Know, so, I, you know, I, I read something the other day about how weed actually got there. It's, it's interesting. We'll have to do a whole other episode on that. How weed got to Afghanistan? Hmm. Goats, um, pigs, pigs, <laughs> pigs. There's no. Shit. All you need is eight pigs. I can't believe and a whole that, bunch dude. of pig shit. That's hard to believe, yeah. man. It's Muslim yeah. countries and stuff. They don't like pig. That was a joke. Oh man, so. <laughs> We're going to take a little goodbye toke here. Right. I'm going to be smoking on some of this White Girl Awesome Watermelon. White Girl Awesome. Turped out distillate that I uh, made for Manny over here. Whipped cream and sprinkles. <clears throat> you got some whipped cream and sprinkles on it. I'm sure these guys want to get the fuck out of here. Dude, it smells like candy, yeah. So we're going to so wrap up a special thanks to uh, Freddie Flo and Silent Manny. Oh, as yeah. talkative of, as ever. The dude won't shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Manny. Shut up, Manny. Damn, dude. Yeah, shout out to uh, Coconut again, CoconutSensors.com or Coconut.com. Get some sensors over there. Again, coupon code FLOW, 10% off. Thanks for uh, supporting the show, of course. Again, always. Yeah. And also a big shout out to One Soul for letting us use their music in our podcast. Big thanks to Roman, Matt, and Thomas. Make sure to download their music wherever you can find them. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you download music from. Uh, you can visit their uh, website at onesoulband.com. That's O-N-E-S-O-L band.com. One Soul, healers, not dealers. Oh, boy. Doctors without licenses. Hi-ya! You say some weird things, That's man. That's right. That's what you got me for. Offset that Rain Man shit you do. Um, yep. Yeah, okay, I got this light sensor over it. It's about. I got my arm, my underwear over at Kmart. Been to Kmart in a long time. Kmart shut down. Is Kmart still open? Up north, I think. No, they shut it down. They did shut it down.
Pine Heights. So it's like second generation. Here, this corn bread. Bienvenidos al. Este episodio es Platinum Mind Rock with the PH Low Bitch.